Yeah, and and law school, mine was uh, big ass ham at bu.edu. <laughs> <laughs> and I would get it. It was on my resume for all the big law interviews. And, <laughs> and they, they actually all, called you back. No, no, I didn't get a single job offer. I did like. <laughs> 35 interviews, and they all asked me about it, and right. I didn't, it didn't get a single offer. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba television podcast. I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, our Pajiba managing editor, Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And uh, in honor of Manifest uh, and their their hero, Ben Stone, uh, well, Dustin Rolls has called himself Ben Stone in our program, so I guess it's, I was, a, it's a Manifest homage. Yes. I was trying to think of a way to work in Noah, but it, I just it couldn't come with it. Is Ben Stone Prince Charming? Yes. Okay. Was so you're he, Prince Charming. Was he a terrible actor as Prince Charming as well? I don't know that Once Upon a Time required a whole lot of good acting. So okay, he didn't stand out. Was he noticeably bad. wooden? Um, like, yeah, but it, like playing Prince Charming, of course you would be. Oh, yeah. Like basically it was, uh, Lana Perilla was amazing. And everyone else was just fine but he's like keanu and one life to live live sort of uh and manifest yeah just just real bad well like so remember in the thor movies when they replaced him with a badly like with zachary levi with a bad blonde dye job yes but also like suddenly he was interesting <laughs> so like you can like, I don't think Zachary Levi is an amazing actor. No. But, like, him in a terrible dye job, it was that, just, like, electric. It <laughs> did work, yeah, yeah. It worked. And I suddenly realized, like, I did not remember that character other, like, in the first movie. I didn't remember that character in either version. Have you watched the Thor movies, though? I've seen all three of them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you have. you didn't watch Civil War, was it? I didn't watch Civil War, no. Okay. Well, I, don't, I never know where your gaps are. Uh, it's easier to assume that I haven't seen it, even though I probably have. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, like it's easier to, assume, easier to assume that I don't remember anything, even if I've seen it. At case in point, you don't remember that uh, Ben Stone was in... What is his name? <laughs> Dallas? Tra Josh Dallas? Josh Charles. Dallas. Josh no, Dallas. Josh Dallas. Don't you confuse him with Josh Dallas. Good <laughs> I was Lord. Gonna say, I was going to say Charles Dallas. <laughs> um, okay. Josh Charles is a wonderful human being and a great actor. He's wonderful. I agree. I'm not arguing. We're Josh okay. Dallas is something. <laughs> Wait, Josh Dallas is married to Jennifer Goodwin. Is that right? Right, because they met at, on Once Upon a Time. That oh, that guy. It's totally insane to me because I. I like mean, Jennifer I know Goodwin. who we've been talking about the whole time, like like the name, but also I do not, I cannot, I've been trying to picture him in manifest, and my my brain cannot conjure up an image. Wow, 
It's been a while since you've seen Manifest. <laughs> Uh, it, it has been. You know what, Dustin? Why don't you... Uh, we, we do have to get to what everyone's drinking, but why don't you uh, refresh us with what's going on in Manifest? Since it was the anyway. uh, season finale. Uh, and I, I... Look. What happened in this episode was that <laughs> they took all of this sort of like vague references to uh, the Bible and Noah, and they just turned Ben Stone into Noah somehow. Like he's the Noah of Manifest, and like... He's trying to save the flock, but there's like people who are against him because apparently in the biblical times, people were also against Noah, which totally makes sense because he wiped out humanity. Mm-hmm. And, he was picking and choosing. Or right. No. Yeah. Well, he like, it was just him and his wife or kid. I don't know. Yeah. It was like, but now all of these people are like, oh no, Ben Stone is going to wipe us all out. What is his arc? Is it the plane? I guess so. That yeah, yeah, I guess hmm. so because it's the passengers from the plane who have turned against him because he's trying to, but he's also trying to save them, but they think that he's in league with the government, who I guess is God. Like metaphorically or literally? <laughs> metaphorically. As Ben Stone is metaphorically Noah, which they just sort of like, there's a vague connection because of the driftwood from Noah's Ark. And then you know, the writers, they don't, <laughs> they don't really know what they're doing. They just like take these sort of like thoughts and like merge them, even if they don't make a lot of sense. So why is the government God? Just well, because, because people think he's in league with it? Yeah, because the other passengers think that he's working with the government, which is not actually true. Right. But they think that it's true. But is that then a commentary on religion where, like, people thought Noah was in league with God, but, like, he was just kind of doing his own thing? I think that Manifest might be trying to want to say that, but they're not doing it very well. God is dead is the message. Right. I don't think okay. anybody on Manifest has read the Bible. <laughs> I mean, or like literature or hmm. watched another show before. <laughs> I think they watched like uh, the Cliff's Notes of Lost and then decided to throw this shit together. It's fair. Anyway, <laughs> what happened is that in the very first episode of the season, they pulled out the tail fin of a Flight 828 in Cuba. Right. And it's sort of like been lingering around this whole season, like what's going on with the tail fin? What's going on with the tail fin? Well, th- weren't they experimenting on it with, with yes, black with lightning? Dark lightning, yes. Dark correct. lightning. That's, that's okay. Right. And at one point, the little boy touches the tail fin while they're experimenting on it, and he disappears. And then they surmise that the only way to get him back is to return the tail fin to the ocean from whence it came. And so they convince some federal people in the Coast Guard or something to drive out into a lightning storm with this tail fin and they throw it back into the ocean <laughs> and then it disappears. It's... But it's- <laughs> As things yeah. thrown into the ocean during exactly. a storm are wont to do. 
Yes, it vanishes. But then Cal, the little boy, comes back. Only he's now 17. Because that's how, that's how old he should have been had he not been on the flight. Oh. And, and he's okay. the kid who was drawing yes, yes. stuff? Okay. Yes. But he comes back in his mother's bedroom where his mother is dying because he had just been, she had just been stabbed to death by Paige Jennings from the Americans <laughs> who took baby, who took her baby, whose name is Eden. Oh God. And mm -hmm. ran off with it. So Cal, now a teenager, gets to hear, uh, gets to see his mother die. Oh, and she like, like actually dies. He like she actually dies. Her. Right. He actually, she actually dies. And he's like, mom, don't worry. I know what to do now. I know what to do. And then she dies. Oh. But from what I understand, she's actually dead. And she's out of the show, though she may come back for, you know, whatever like reason. Right. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, everyone who was on the boat with the tail fin don't realize that he, it actually worked, right? Yes. And they don't even know that uh, Grace is dead. Right. Wait, so the disappearing people, could that be ripping off the leftovers? Uh, no, 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 no. That's okay. no, no, no. I mean, it was just the one kid that disappeared. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, they do disappear, but then they come back. It's more of a time jump sort of thing. Right. But at first people didn't know that, right? Well, they just thought they were all dead. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. Hmm. It's a nonsensical show, and if it gets canceled, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so they still <laughs> haven't decided. They still haven't decided. But I, I will say it went on Netflix last week, and it's been number one oh, on God. Netflix all weekend. And I'm like, oh, hmm. my God. Is it then, number one because of your recaps? It must be. Obviously. <laughs> people have been dying to get their eyeballs The people out. are real excited for Manifest, you know. It's been one of those weekends where I've gotten a lot of emails from people. <laughs> Agreeing or disagreeing? Completely disagreeing. And telling me that I should not be a critic and that I'm terrible at my job. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that kind of means you're doing something right. Ah, maybe. But um, it's over for now. Okay, so could you do me a favor and say Cuba again? Cuba? Did I say it wrong? Cuba? No, you said it right. I just, you say it with this emphasis that I find really enjoyable. You're like excited. You're like the tailspin was found in Cuba. <laughs> and you did it the last time too. I don't know. I just find it really, your enthusiasm is infectious. That's Which really Cuba why everyone in, in, enjoys your uh, your recaps because of your your joy, yeah. your joy in, in recapping. Manifest. So much, so much He's joy. He's not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he left. I think we offended him. <laughs> He's so sensitive. Um, no, he probably tried to reenact it and like knocked his mic. Oh wait, Tori can't hear Dustin. Dustin's here. No, it says Ben Stone has left. No, not on mine. Oh, on mine. So am I gone? Have <laughs> I left? No, you're here. T Dustin, can you see, hear Tori? Okay, now Dustin's gone. 
I told you, it said Ben Stone has left. Well, no, I mean, like, he, he now he's, like, frozen on mine. Okay, now he's left. There we go. Well, it's funny, because I could still hear him for a little while. Oh, you could? Um, I didn't know oh, what was weird. going on. Yeah, I was... Dustin, I could I could hear you for a bit before uh, when Tori was like, oh, I think he's gone. Oh. Um, Tori can hear Dustin now? Yes, she can. Yes, I can. Okay. Oh, okay. Don't speak du- for Thanks me. for answering for her, Dustin. <laughs> Jesus. Well, all of this is staying in. Uh, and uh, we might as well get to what's everyone drinking. Um, uh, Dustin, since you're obviously, you know, having a, a, a time of it. I know, but something's wrong with me. It's been like three or four weeks since I could, since I've been able to drink a beer. Or alcohol of any kind. Except for um, I am having a coffee with um, Bailey's. Ooh. Okay. And a soda and a Gatorade. Is it a caffeinated soda? Yes. So you're having caffeine and caffeine. Yes, and a Gatorade. And for, electrolytes. That's right. <laughs> and hydration. Mm-hmm. So three drinks. That's perfect. Yep. You've hit your quota. Mm-hmm. Just no alcohol. Except for the well, Bailey's. Except for Bailey's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count. Does it? Okay. Um, I, I actually it shouldn't count talk. At night. If it doesn't count at night, if you do it in the morning, it one hundred percent counts. Oh, okay. That's fair. Oh, I would have thought the opposite. Like it doesn't count if it's in your coffee in the morning. No, because it's that's when you you would not be expected to drink probably. So if you did put it in, it's totally counts as alcohol. But at night, oh, okay. like it's not a real cocktail. It's it's breakfast. That's right. It's breakfast for dinner. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I'm actually not drinking tonight because I have uh, I have uh, medication that says do not drink or do not have alcohol with this medication. So it's Diet Coke for me. Um, so Tori is getting drunk by herself. That's fine. I'm having... Uh, I went to the... Okay, so what I'm drinking is not what I want to talk about, but I will tell you, because um, I went to the like gas station liquor store, uh, mm-hmm. wine wine store. They just have wine, um, and they had the was it 19 Crimes label um, where they have, but they had like this. Um, they have Snoop Dogg wines, and uh, Snoop Dogg so has I, wine. Well, it's so it's 19. I think it's called 19 Crimes or something, or 19 Criminals. So it's a line of wine, and each and the label always has like a different criminal on it. But then Snoop Dogg did a deal with them, so certain wines actually like the label is him. And so they're one of their new. I think it's a new one because I had never seen it before. Is a rosé, um, and the bottle just looked really appealing, so I got it. So I'm drinking Snoop Dogg wine. Snoop Doggy Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Good to know uh, Dustin will always sing no matter what. That's oh. fancy wine. Is it? For a gas station. No, I think they have they have fancier, but they have much less fancy too. It's probably mid-range. It's fine. Hmm. Um, it's not memorable. What was exciting that I got at the gas station uh, was, so you know how Lay's Chips does their like summer mystery flavors or whatever? Not mystery, but like new weird flavors and people can i think they can like vote on whether they like them or whatever Mm -hmm. so they had the the bags out and so i picked one up that is jerk chicken flavor oh and it is delicious but here's the thing i love chicken flavored potato chips 
That's weird. That's not though. So do you know? <laughs> so you know how Lay's in in England is called Walkers. I did not know that. It's I literally didn't like. Either. Yeah, it's like literally the exact same logo, except in, in, it says Walkers in the middle. Um, and so like their version of Lay's is Walkers, and they, but they have much better, and the packaging all looks the same, except they just have better flavors. So they have like prawn cocktail, um, and like steak and onion. No, it just tastes like cocktail sauce. There's no shrimp flavor to it. <laughs> it's actually a bit of a disappointment. I would hope, I wanted it to to taste more like shrimp um but their best one is called roast chicken it tastes it literally just potato chips it tastes like roast chicken and i used to eat them for breakfast with my coffee <laughs> which i realize is very unhealthy and weird but it was delicious um so anyway but like they don't sell chicken flavored potato chips in the u.s so no. like i couldn't find them and so when i saw that they had jerk chicken flavored chips i was like that is the closest i'm gonna find and man are they good but it's a really Chicken flavored? Is it just the jerk flavor? It's it's both. So that's the thing. It's not like the prawn cocktail where it's just the cocktail sauce flavoring. This somehow manages to both kind of taste a little bit like chicken bouillon, but also have the like sweet spicy of the the jerk seasoning. Well, that's just weird. It's so good. I will take it. No, I'm not going to take your word on that. You're not gonna. No, no. You're not no. gonna believe me, or you're not, you're you're gonna try it for yourself. Is that why? I might try it myself, but I yeah. only to prove that it's terrible. Oh, I don't think you need to set out to <laughs> to try and prove me wrong. Like you know, we don't have to be. We can just be friendly about this. You don't. I mean, it's potato chips. Yeah. Not chicken chips. I mean. It's potato chips that taste like chicken. Also, like pickled flavor chips. Oh, man, that is some kind of disgusting. Oh, no, those are the best. That was nope. the other thing I was going to nope. say. Have nope. you tried the Trader Joe's pickle chips? <laughs> I've had pickle the chips. Best pic no, but the best pickle chips I've had in a long time. I've got a bag of them downstairs are the Trader Joe's ones. No, no. Oh, my God, they're the best. They get the right, they're like, they go hard on the seasoning, but they also have the best. They're like really good kettle <laughs> kettle chips like they're really proper potato chips that are well seasoned mm. they're great they're really oh the, the flavor pick no pickle flavor chips are my number two underneath chips that taste like chicken have you guys well, it's clear that what i was just gonna say have you got i i don't know if you guys go to different grocery stores uh but i'm still one of the people clinging to my mask even though everybody else is not, mostly. So you go to Hannaford's, nobody's got the mask. Trader Joe's is about half and half. But if you go to Whole Foods, it's about 75% mask there still. Really? Yeah, yeah. But is it because they're younger? Is it a demographic thing? I think... I can understand maybe, like, younger shoppers haven't finished their vaccination, no, I maybe. don't think... Look, people that are wearing masks have been vaccinated. That's just how it is. <laughs> nobody that is not been vaccinated is wearing a mask. The only people wearing a mask are the people that don't need it, like myself. Wow. I went into, actually, when I went into the gas station wine shop, <laughs> general store, it was the first time I walked into a store without a mask. Oh, you did it? Because they, I finally did it. Well, I figured I was going to test the yeah, waters, yeah. like yeah. the place that five people go into a day was the right place. Um, but yeah, Vermont today uh, ended all... COVID restrictions because we're at over 80% of 
of the eligible people vaccinated. That's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah. We, we end all ours on June 30th, but like nobody's wearing masks. So now They're functionally ended. Hmm. Right. So now when I go someplace, I'm like the asshole with a mask and right. I feel like the asshole with a mask. Yeah. Because you're wearing the mask to protect you from everybody's uh, 5G. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've still had, I mean, I think our, our mask mandate officially goes away tomorrow. But, okay. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like people, like in stores and stuff, people have still been wearing masks. Like they're not, yeah. I don't know. Well, like Vermont, it's, the state is not requiring it, but businesses can still right. do, like, make their own restrictions and like right. the state won't tell them no. Um, yeah, I know some businesses will continue requiring masks just because it's like if they have staff members who are young and haven't completed their vaccination cycle, then, you know, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is the, the cure. All the, all the, now all the businesses have signs that say like mask required if you're not vaccinated. And I'm like, like, but again, nobody, nobody <laughs> knows. Right. And so people think I'm not vaccinated because I'm wearing a mask. But of course, but like my kids aren't vaccinated. So. Right. You have to be careful. Right. Yeah. Dustin, I don't think you have to worry about what other people uh, think of you, whether you're wearing a mask. The good thing about wearing a mask is that nobody knows who I actually am. And also, I can still like walk by people that I know, but they don't know who I am because I have the mask on and I just keep on going. Right. That's great. Yeah. That's that's living the dream. Yep. I don't also, know. Also, what... I don't think it matters what people think of you in public because you're getting emails from people who disagree with you about exactly. manifest. Exactly. That's true. That's so true. really, like, who cares about people who are like, why is that asshole wearing a mask? Mm-hmm. Tori bringing it back to TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I did a segue. You did. It was very nice. You're welcome, and, Dan. I mean, you do segues like every week. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's uh, like, you, you, I want to bring it back to, uh, I had a segue from like five minutes ago that no longer is going to work because we've moved on. But you two were arguing so, so passionately about the chips. And I was like, you know, just like you disagree about food, I feel like you're going to disagree about uh, Mythic Quest. Because Dustin gave us a little preview well, of his opinion, <laughs> of his wrong opinion. Oh my god, the wrongest. Um, so just to set it up briefly, uh, Mythic Quest just had episode uh, six, oh, seven, I'm seven. sorry, episode yeah. seven. Um, it was, even though it was in the present, it was kind of a continuation of the flashback episode, uh, at least, you know, emotionally and, and plot-wise, because uh, Rachel uh, drove CW to see his old friend, um, uh, ne- this now played by William Hurt in, uh, in the present day. And they basically hang out at the house and argue for 30 minutes. Um, and two of us thought it was pretty great and very emotionally <laughs> cathartic. Maybe and one of us, maybe cried at the end. And one of us, Dustin <laughs> had not, a different opinion. It's not that I hated it. It's just like, so, you know, Confession, I watched four episodes this weekend. So I watched mm-hmm. uh, two fantastic episodes. And then I watched, rewatched that first uh, standalone episode. And I liked it again. But then it's like, come on. We don't, I want to go back to the people, to the people, the characters I love. I don't really like uh, F. Murray Abraham's character that much to begin with. He's fine. 
And I don't want to spend another half hour with a guy. And then we have this whole thing and it takes us away from, it feels very um, COVID. Like I'm, we're going to make another one of these episodes because of COVID restrictions or something. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It just felt like fillery. Mm -hmm. So counterpoint. Mm -hmm. So I do agree. And I do think COVID restrictions probably played a lot, uh, definitely had a hand in it. Uh, but I do think that why I like these two standalone episodes, sort of standalone, like the one in the past and this one in the present, is that I think that they're, the big thing this season is the rift between Ian and Poppy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that as annoying, because I, I do agree, like that is the thing I'm concerned about. And, and I do think like taking two whole episodes away from that storyline is a, a bold choice. I think it worked. But because I think that it is commenting on the rift right. in its own way. So I think it, it isn't a complete I mean, departure. It's they're talking about like this is some... like the this is like the uh, oh sorry Tori I didn't mean to no cut you no off. no go for it uh, no just uh, this is this is representing like this is kind of like a ghost of future kind of scenario of like the kind of rift that can happen between friends um, and grow over decades and 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 that could have been avoided and the whole thing to me is like you know. CW's work would have been stronger if he had not been consumed by his own ego and listened to them. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's that letting your ego get in the way of these friendships that actually are beneficial to your work. And I think that's what we're seeing between Ian and Poppy. Like, we all know they will be the most successful if they are working together. Right. And they're not able to do that right now. But I think the the second episode in particular, where it's in the in the present, kind of brought that home. Where it's like the the resolution of it may have taken them forty years or whatever, but they finally set aside their differences and like showed how much they respected each other. Right. But I never got the impression that they were like that particularly close in the past. They worked together as this internship and sort of had disagreements and yeah. And now they're like best. friends. They were supposedly best friends. And also, again, I saw the last... Because I, I, I watched these episodes. I watched Ian say that thing to Poppy. And then you just wanted to go back and what the fuck? What the fuck? Mm -hmm. what, but oh it was my Poppy God. who was the one who was horrible to Ian. Yes, but then he turned around and said that thing to her. Yeah. Oh, right. my God. I just, like, my heart fell out of my chest. And I just wanted to that to yeah. get fixed. And then they got to spend... Two episodes with the old guys. But I think that, again, I, I like that, like, that is not an easy rift to get over. And I, right. I like that the show doesn't immediately, because if they had stuck with that storyline, they would have to immediately address it. And I like that it's kind of that trust that, like, that landed with the audience so hard and you're going to just let them sit with it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, And there, there's, of, also a, there's also a, a problem with, like, with that landing, the, that hits so hard that... You can't, I, I mean, I think if if you wanted it to run straight through, it can't be in episode five. That would have to be like episode eight or yeah. maybe seven. Um, so, because I think it's a nine episode yes. season. Um, Which means there's only two left. Right. To resolve. Which is, so they'll probably resolve, they'll start resolving it right around when they would have, but you're not mm -hmm. dealing with, I think if they had continued while deepening that rift, there's nowhere further for that rift to go. Right. So I think like, yeah, that, if that had happened, that would have been filler. To me, these two episodes aren't filler. They are an intentional distraction. Mm -hmm. 
There's also something that they're do- that I feel like they've been doing this season, um, which I don't know. Uh, it, it like as they've kind of like expanded out and tried to give a little bit more story to some of the other characters. Um, everyone's kind of getting what they wanted, and then that's like spiraling out of control. So right. like Rachel uh, and uh, oh, I'm forgetting the other test's name, but they start dating, and then now it's causing problems and. Poppy gets her promotion, but now it's causing problems. And um, and and in CW's case, it's kind of like in the past. It's he, you know, he got his nebula, but you know, um, lost his friends over it. And then uh, also Brad and the mentee are right. Shark and mouse. Right. Oh my god, I love them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I did appreciate it on that level also. Just that like this is, you know, it's it's giving the these two, you know a little bit it's furthering those those stories along at least a little bit um yeah continuing the theme of of getting what you want and not having everything be better right um because yeah like you know cw's made the choice to turn in asimov's work as his own thinking that like okay he'll cement his place and then have all these opportunities and that didn't really happen for him Mm mm-hmm and then he became a rotisserie chicken dude. Like, <laughs> you know, he did languish. Um, and, and you know, and likewise, his friend Peter, like, had the the life he wanted with his wife, who was successful, and, mm-hmm. and anything he got professionally was kind of on her coattails, and they right. all acknowledged it. Right. Like, he was he was the mediocre talent, and she was she was the one that kept landing all the deals. Mm-hmm. Um, he never really improved. Right. I don't know. It's fine. What did you guys... <laughs> when they made up... What... Oh, come on. Did you feel oh. nothing when CW was like, <laughs> grabbed the manuscript no. and made him read it and it was a, you find I... out that he'd actually read all of his like 19 books? Yeah. All I could think was, oh my God, is he going to read the whole thing to him? Because, oh my God, I don't want to hear a guy read the entire manuscript to me. Ugh, that's done. <laughs> you don't do audiobooks? I do. You do do audiobooks. <laughs> different when you're like in the, with them. I don't know. I think you're just making up objections now. Maybe. <laughs> no. So I, 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 they should apologize to you, Dustin, for putting... F. Murray Abraham and William Hurt in a room and having them perform a half-hour play for you about regret and friendship. I mean, how many more drawers did F. Murray Abraham need to shit in to please you? I mean, it's very good writing and very good... And you look, it's just bad timing. And the wrong show. Hmm. It just took me out of Mythic Quest because this was, like, not Mythic Quest. It was something else that's very good on its own but I want to know about Poppy and Ian I I can respect that sort of Mm. (laughs) I I mean I can respect that objection much Mm -hmm. more than I respect your absolutely wrong ass opinions about pickle chips (laughs) (laughs) so like you're doing better you're doing Mm. better Speaking of begrudging respect, <laughs> yes, did it. Nailed uh, it. Let's talk briefly about the Hacks season finale. Oh. Uh, where uh, 
Deborah and Ava came to some sort of, uh, you know, they, they, they bonded and then uh, broke apart and then bonded again. And then, you know, of course, things are... Uh, thankfully, the show's been renewed for a second season because uh, Ava seems like she's in quite the pickle at the end of season one. Um, yes. Oh, yes. But, but tell me you guys weren't disappointed that we didn't get to hear any of the show. Oh, definitely. I don't care. But I, I think that care. also... I you think don't care. No. I do care, but I also <laughs> think they're going to be spending all next season workshopping it. No, so no, I no. don't... I think that there's more opportunity. Fair enough, fair enough. But I was just like, oh, come on, just give us one joke. I will say I don't care because it's very difficult to make stand-up work on TV as a part of a show. Um, so, yeah. I also think... It, I would have probably minded more if it had been a, if it hadn't like the reason why it wasn't shown was to preserve the mystery of whether she bombed or not. Cause the yeah. payoff was like, you don't know how she did until she turns up at the funeral and right. Ava asks her. Right. That's so fair. I think it, it irked me a bit until they had the interaction. And then I realized, Oh, that's why. So that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And you and it and it gives more weight to her turning up where it's like it wasn't that Ava was always right. Actually, she bombed, but she had fun, right? And want and like that was the proof that this was something she wanted to go further. When it would have been a very obvious thing if it was like, and she did really well and realized how valuable Ava was the whole time. Because the whole point is that Ava isn't that valuable. <laughs> she kind of keeps <laughs> fucking up, right? Um, I will say what one thing that kind of bothered me was that they, I mean, Deborah slaps Ava in the face. Mm-hmm. And that's a very jarring, like, end to their initial fight. Right. And Ava's like, well, obviously I quit and, like, walks out. Um, and when they make up later, it's just kind of a one-off joke, like, you know, okay, I'll come back to you, but, like, don't slap me again. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I, it's a weird thing because it, I, I, I don't, It's not, like, obviously, A, that's very unprofessional. And I know that they had to, they kind of did that because that's part of what she emailed to those producers. Mm-hmm. So it will, that slap will probably also be part of what gets unpacked next season. Right. Uh, but I also, it, it kind of made me reflect on how, like, Hollywood in a lot of ways, there's that we've had all of these movies, most of them rom-coms. Where it's like, they will there will be this emotional outburst with, like, a woman slapping somebody. And then it's just you know it people they move on it's never mm-hmm. nobody is held accountable for it right right well i guess the the counterpoint to that would be i mean because i get what you're saying about it being like is this really what it or, sorry are you, it sounds like you're saying like is, is this like really that bad no, I mean, no, I'm saying I think it is that bad, and mm-hmm. I thought the show weirdly didn't treat it that way. Again, I think oh, that got it, it got will, it. there will be more repercussions for it right. when it becomes one of those work stories that right. Ava has told to these producers. So I do think it will get further explored, but in this sort of reconciliation, it's just like, that to me is a hard thing to imagine just getting over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I part of it was to me like the reflection of like honestly we see characters do that a lot in Hollywood, right. like especially like movies from you know well it's 90s. it's funny that you that you reference rom coms because this is kind of like a rom com between these two I mean not uh, sexually obviously but but it's them coming together it's like odd couple pairing right. coming together you know yeah um, 
in a lot of ways. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I still enjoyed it. Um, the uh, the Jean Smart the the scene that she had with um, oh shoot, what's the actor's name? Uh, Nelson Franklin, who was like the reporter. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which was yeah. just kind of like a nice, like random, like oh Nelson Franklin is doing this one scene <laughs> um, from Stoplight, Red Light. What's that called? From Traffic Light. Traffic Light, yes. And many other shows. <laughs> yes, but mostly Traffic Light. Right. The one that nobody else saw. <laughs> yes, uh, but but it, it, you know it, it it was one of those scenes that you know you like reminded me like oh yeah Gene Smart's amazing and like is turning this you know. I mean, you know, good, interesting monologue into, but like you really, you know, feel for her um, as she's talking about um, her, you know, her career and kind of like how she, uh, how she, you know, dealing with kind of like the pain of of her divorce. Um, So I think that even though we didn't get to see her stand up, that was kind of like, I mean, that scene was obviously the surrogate and the proof of like, oh yeah, this stuff can work. Um, you know, even though it didn't, because it was her first time doing it in front of a giant crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I also really, like, one thing that just occurred to me during the finale, speaking to, like, how incredible Jean Smart is in this mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and and the show as a vehicle for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, in the span of three months, HBO Max gave a platform to two of the best, like, television actresses <laughs> who never get the spotlight and it's Krista Milioti and and Jean Smart mm-hmm. and yeah in the span of three months they each got a show that you know to varying successes but I think really gave them strong platforms for their skills right um also Juliet Nicholson not that you guys would appreciate it Mayor of Easttown the horse show Oh, the, the show with Gene oh. Smart in it. That's yes. the Gene Smart right. show, That's also. Yeah, yeah, also part, Gene part two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't know. I don't know. Dan, did you watch Mrs. Maisel? Uh, I did. Yes. I, I just uh, the Gene Smart character it reminds me a lot. Not a lot, but something. Uh, the Jane Lynch character. There's sort of like parallels, mm. or it evokes that sort of same sort of brand of. I mean, right, because it's kind of because it's like a it's like a populist, right brand of of comedy that's like oh it, it's, you know there there's a perspective especially from the comedian side that like oh this is beneath you because you're so much better than this material but this is what pays so this right. is the, the character that I put on. But then Jane also Lynch's very character. wealthy. Yes, and right. kind of an asshole. Right. <laughs> but with layers. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. You're welcome <laughs> for my insights. <laughs> no, that's 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 a good point. Um, what else was I? Oh, I also wanted to mention. I had a question. Um, so, uh, in uh, in the final episode of the season, um, uh, we learn uh, kind of you know, just like we never see him again. So, so it's kind of just through like phone calls and reactions, but we learned that Ava's dad dies. That was Um, weird. Yeah. So I had a question about that because Lewis Hertham is like, he's a, I feel like, you know, for him to not appear is kind of strange. Like it seemed like, 
I, it, it, like, I, I have kind of, like, two minds of it where I'm, like, he's he's too big an actor to just kind of disappear like that. Um, but on the other side of it, it's, like, you know, I, I kind of appreciated the way that the death lands because it's so, like, for Ava, you know, she doesn't get to be present. Um, yeah. Well, and it's, it's also that sort of dealing with regrets. Like, right. she he was trying to come see her and she told him not to. And like right. the disappoint the, the disappointment in his voice when he was like, Oh, okay. Right. And like, that was their last conversation. Right. Um, I so I, yeah, really uh, love the scene where she comes home and her mom is trying to cancel baseball subscription. Cause that's like <laughs> totally what, I mean, you got this huge, moment in your life and you're dealing with like this pedestrian bullshit and it's also hilarious yeah. that she just decided that she needed to do it right then she's like I gotta yeah. get this thing cancelled right yeah like her mom is a completely like kind of aggravating unsympathetic character except in that moment where I was like no that <laughs> yeah. is exactly the thing that I would probably do as well like just right. like focus on the ex- on the precise wrong thing right um yeah, I love her. Her mom is just so. Oh, the conversation with the cat, the cat litter being right next to the bed, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know, and just like the well, obviously you're gonna have to move home now, and then what am yeah. I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like everything is around it. You yeah. know, Ava's career collapsing, and she'll have to move home, and there's no room for you here. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, good show. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about about uh, Megan Stalter as Kayla. Uh, oh my god! With uh, with uh, Paul Downs as Jimmy. The, the Me Too oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, she's she just kills in every scene and is so funny. And that sequence in the hotel room when uh, she's kind of hit, like she is hitting on Jimmy, but also like not, but. I, like like it's so it moves so fast it's like I don't it's hard to tell like is this serious or is this just like is she just like riding the wave of like whatever the last thing she heard was right um but then it leads to the the email and the Barbara of it like not Barbara it's like it happened again <laughs> um, I don't know it was and it was the, a the scene at the front desk where he's like I need a cot and then she's like mm-hmm. cancel yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, she just she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Also, her the Gene Smart reaction when like when he's crying to Gene Smart, like it means so much that you stayed with me after my father died, like stayed as my client, and then she comes up and she's like, "Girl, you're gonna not whatever, like yeah. you're gonna knock it out of the park, girlfriend." <laughs> yeah, Deborah's just like, "Uh, get her out of here." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so many good things to say about the show, and it will be back, so that's good, but, you know. Watch it now. Do Watch we it. think Gene Smart's going to win the Emmy? No. Emmy. Uh, well, I guess she'll be in a different category than Winslet. Yeah, well, it'd be yeah, comedy, just... right? Yeah, 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 this would... Yeah, then, then that makes sense if she would, yeah. HBO's going to do very well, isn't it? Aren't they? Yeah. Do they have to say HBO Max? 
Well, what's this on HBO or HBO Max? I think this was HBO Max. Yeah, and the uh, uh, the other one was HBO. If it's on Sunday night, it's HBO. If it's on Thursday or Friday, it's HBO Max. That's how I decided so, to make the distinction. Uh, but uh, Betty is on Fridays, and that's HBO. Well, Fridays is, but, but it's like a <laughs> Friday night show, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's in that Friday at eleven slot where they right. throw like. The it doesn't come out. Show. On like midnight, on Friday morning though, that the streaming stuff comes out the first thing. Yes, that's correct. Ugh. Yeah, and speaking of having to dodge spoilers for an entire day before you can watch something. Segway. Oh, segway! <laughs> Excellent job, Tori. Disney dropping Loki at like three in the morning, and all their Disney stuff at three in the morning. You see those, and they, I know, and there's like recaps at like 7 a.m. I'm like, what the fuck? I just woke up. Well, because, and it's one thing when it's like the premiere episode, because you know that like reviewers have already, like some reviewers got advanced access. So they've been tweeting their reactions whenever the embargo lifted, which I think for Loki was a couple days in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had all this hype. From people that I respect, but from people who had seen the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. So I went into Wednesday, like, what dropped? And I'm avoiding all of the recaps and the spoilers because I was trying to watch it that night, like usual. Um, and you go on and they've only released the first episode. Which I think is a sign that Disney Plus is getting cocky. Because they, remember with WandaVision, they released like three episodes. Or two right. episodes. Whatever. They released a couple. Like... Just give us, I know it's only six episodes, but give us more than the first. Um, and it wasn't enough. I mean, it was good, but yeah, a lot Com- of the positive reactions are because people have already seen the second episode. Completely aside from everything else, I just want to say, when they do this, when they release, when the critics, they write their advanced reviews or they get them out there before everybody else, it's, and they generate traffic, I think it's just reviewers repeating, reading reviewers other reviewer stuff and they, there's a ton of traffic just circle jerk traffic just people <laughs> critics reading other critics and then having discussions about it and then other people mm-hmm. who haven't seen the shows being annoyed yeah well because it's always like well did that outlet notice something that i didn't notice right. or yeah because everyone, it's never just a recap. It's always like, here's the Easter eggs that you missed, right. but yeah, every site you. caught different things. And half right. of them are, I'm sorry, I even watched a YouTube video that was unpacking supposed <laughs> Easter eggs in like this. And it was like, they weren't Easter eggs. Hmm. No, no. It was no, random no, no. observations of things that like. We have I long mean, since, and I, and I am part <laughs> of the problem. We have long since like lost the definition of an Easter egg. Right. It has no meaning anymore. Yeah. Like some things I, I, some comparisons were valid. I do, you know, I think that were useful. But some of the things people noticed, it was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like that, that is literally nothing. Um, I am curious. Did you guys hear the rumor about, uh, or the, the speculation that Peggy Carter is in the background? What? Oh, I saw that in uh, in the comments in your piece. Yes. Um, I um, don't remember who put it in there offhand, but... Yeah, so a few people on Twitter noticed it, and then it, it's been making the rounds. But uh, it, there's a scene in the TVA um, when Loki is still in the intake, I think, 
maybe later, but anyway, in the background, you see a woman come through and it looks like it, it's, I mean, she, she's blurry, but she's being led by like a, another TVA officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like it could be Peggy Carter. It's the right, right. hairstyle, the right build, um, right. her outfit isn't quite a prisoner uniform, but it's also not quite a staff uniform. So it's unclear. Um, how would that make sense? I mean, I mean, well, I think cool. the, the, I, the speculation is if it was, her, I mean, it's probably just like a, it probably a wasn't her. Um, but if it was, I think the idea is that, um, if the TVA is capturing, uh, people who were a part of these splinter timelines, these, mm-hmm. these variants, mm. Well, when Steve stayed in the past mm-hmm. with Peggy, mm-hmm. that could have been one of those. Oh, I see. But then would so, they have gotten Steve? They probably should have gotten Steve. Yeah. And maybe they didn't. They just didn't, you know. Except that, except that if Steve stayed in the past and got old and they didn't arrest him, it's because that was what was supposed to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't have mm-hmm. stayed in the past if, unless Peggy... Right. Also, so I can't see her getting captured. So, right. I mean, it's it's all probably nothing, but it certainly <laughs> got people excited. Right. Um. Yeah, there was a lot of. I you know I random. I I like the episode, but you know what I thought I thought this is just like a really. This is Marvel's Doctor Who. It really is. It's just a Doctor. I Who mean, episode. right down to. I mean, so Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who plays um, one of the judges, Ravonna Renslayer, mm-hmm. um, she was Martha Jones' sister. Oh, I don't remember that. Wow. In Doctor hmm. Who, I believe. Because um, I think that's the first place I ever saw her. Um, but yeah, hmm. so I'm just going to double check that, make sure I'm not making that up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think she actually literally was in Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, I really like... I mean, look, it's really hard to tell from the first episode. I think that right. the adventures that will unfold in future episodes will make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, it's like, I love the style of the TVA. I like the... I mean, the, the visuals of the episode were wonderful. I like the right. whole aesthetic. Um that kind of like mid-century <laughs> yeah. office chic. And that um, kind of makes it tough to, like, it's weird to be like, it was fine, because that's that's kind of where my head is also, but, like, appreciating how insane the work is in, like, the detail that they've built into this universe. Like, um, even if right. I'm not, you know... I mean, I'm going to watch, obviously, but, like, I'm not like, oh, that was so, like, that was an, that was an amazing hour of TV. Um, it's like, no, it was good, but, like, done at such a high level that I almost, I'm almost not paying attention to the fact of how well done it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that it's, I think it was also just a hard one to, because it's so much of it is, is it's all set up. Right. And I think it was well executed setup, but there you aren't really getting at the crux of the new ideas yet. Right. Um, but I do think so. Like I'm kind of yeah going off of. I think there's, I can see the potential. Um, now that they've kind of laid their cards on the table, like this is who Loki is. This is what the TVA is, and this is how everything is fitting together. This is the danger, which is mm-hmm. a, another version of Loki that's right. more dangerous. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you're kind of, you're stuck in this office and all, you know, most of what I got from it was like, I think that could be, if we're opening up new avenues for the MCU, like that seems like a pretty cool, uh, playground to establish right. a, a place that at once is, is weirdly funny. Like Owen Wilson and, and Eugene Cordero and mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the sort of, I loved seeing Eugene Cordero in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but but you've also got a place where the the Infinity Stones right are paperweights right like the the scale of power being established is so far beyond what Loki or any other characters would be familiar with. Mm -hmm. So you have really you've kind of <laughs> it's I love that the playing field is at at once so banal and just so otherworldly right. Um, yeah, and you know it's going to lead into Doctor Strange, and it's going to lead into probably Ant Man, the next Ant Man. There's a lot of stuff going on, but so far, I guess what I'm most interested in is where Loki, like what this means for Loki, right? And his his um, what his motivations are, right? Because it's not clear, right? Um, and and especially because. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was just going to say, and, and especially because one one key in the in the episode being that he sees, he gets to see his future, the future that's supposed to play out. Right. Um, so, so he knows if he returns to his timeline, he dies. Uh, right. Eventually. So, um, so yeah, I know, that's, a, that's a curious place to leave a character anyway, even if they were, you know, good. And he's, and, and this version of him is not. <laughs> So. Right. Like we, we, as the audience know who that Loki became a more complicated character, but the right. show is picking up on the Loki right out of Avenger, the Avengers movie. Right. So that's at the height of his kind of villainy. Right. Like he's killed Phil Coulson and he's tried to take over, you know, lead a army of Chitori into New York city. Mm -hmm. um, like that is his, his baddest point. Right. And, and pulling him from there and then showing him his life. But, but what that's doing is showing him both that his life is futile. Like all mm -hmm. of his goals of becoming a god, like, or, you know, a, a ruler. Right. Don't pan out. But also that he's not unforgivable. Like there are points where, you know, he, he accidentally leads to his mom dying and that mm -hmm. obviously impacts him. And then seeing his father sort of embrace him as a seeing Odin sort of acknowledge him as a son and seeing him sacrifice himself to, to Thanos, something that like this Loki could never imagine self-sacrifice. Right. Um, so it's weird kind of getting to, to witness the growth that is possible in him mm -hmm. while also knowing that that entire journey, he's never going to have it and it's futile. Right. So I can't quite pin down what his motivations coming out of that are. You know, is he looking at the TVA as, you know, now he knows that it is more powerful than the Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. So if his his game plan was to get the Tesseract and, and become a, a, you know, a god again, he now has found a, a something that if he could if he could rule over it, it would be even more powerful. Right. You know, controlling time. Uh, but he also knows that you know, maybe he just needs to work with them because his only chance of a long life is with them. He knows that there's no 
the the normal time the sacred timeline has nothing for him right um or is he trying to tear it all apart and is that how we end up with the multiverse of madness or is he gonna do something that brings down the tva and and shat and creates a multiverse that will go to war with itself Mm -hmm. i'm also trying to figure out a little bit if uh my like it I love the comparison to Doc, saying, like, this is Marvel's Doctor Who, which is, I think, appropriate. Um, the other thing that popped in my head was this is, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, this is Marvel's uh, version of Looper, and that he's going to somehow <laughs> accidentally create old, uh, like, he'll create the old variant Loki, especially if it is, uh, uh, what's his name? Richard Grant. Richard Grant. Um, right. That that like this is like they're doing what they're doing is what's going to lead to creating that Loki and then he has to catch himself and then they they're going to have like a I just want them to have a uh, conversation in a coffee shop about uh, multiverse theory and being like we can't <laughs> we can't discuss this all day it's going to be crazy just just here's what's happening yeah you know Kevin Feige gets a lot of shit but he really the way that construction of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and with the TV show, it's been really impressive. How he's sort of like, I don't know, because the Loki thing in the movie and he goes back and now they're creating a whole TV show out of that. I'm impressed. Well, and it's also, and and handing the reins to a guy who, you know, so the writer, Michael Waldron, I think, um, Mm -hmm. like, his last job was he's one of the kind of he worked with Dan Harmon for a long time. So like he's he was coming off of Rick and Morty, which is another, you know, show with a lot of paradoxes and time hopping. Right. Um, but a, a great sense of humor. So it's interesting to go like that is so the opposite of the Marvel aesthetic. But to trust. I, I think that there's some while while I, I do understand the kind of sameness of the Marvel pipeline. I think that there's some interesting choices behind the scenes that they're, they're getting more bold in making that mm-hmm. I hope influence it. And I think Loki is a great chance for something like that because we've Marvel has done a lot of work with heroes and you know, Loki was one of their first villains. And I, I'm curious if, uh, if he's going to wind up as an anti-hero, if he's going to, you know, reestablish himself as a villain if he'll become an actual hero. Like, where... So much of this, this whole show is, is very much what is the identity of Loki and mm-hmm. the idea that there can be multiple Lokis and how do you... Where, you know, I am curious where the show is going to land because that will obviously impact the rest of the MCU or whatever, but I'm not as... I think with a lot of the other Marvel shows, we end up kind of dreading the end because we're like, the show will be interesting until it has to tie into the MCU. Right, right. And this is one where I'm not as, like, frustrated not as by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of because it's... I think the the essential question of it, it's not necessarily about the, the movies that come down the pike, but, like, once we know who which Loki is left standing, the fact that mm-hmm. there probably will be an old Loki and a lady Loki and, and all these other versions of Lokis, um, we'll know what character goes into. I mean, it's kind of the same way WandaVision kind of upped Wanda into the real Scarlet Witch. Right. Um, we're seeing these characters kind of evolve into their next form. 
And, and considering, like, I don't know about you guys, but for a while, I was kind of burned out on Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Like, he was fun through the Avengers, and then, I don't know if it was when he was, like, dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> but, like, there hit a point where I was just kind of like, I don't know, man, you're, like, kind of a lot. And so it it felt like they kind of had him take a back seat, or he'd, he would make an appearance, but it wasn't, he became, like, a, a handy joke. Mm-hmm. And then he had a really good death scene. Right. And I was like, that's perfect. And so I wasn't sure how I would feel about the Loki show. And I feel like the way they've laid this out, I'm like, oh, no, I am all aboard the Hiddleston train again. I'm like, you're great. I'm not sick of you anymore. You're a whole lot of fun. I hope you like I hope this establishes you and you're like here for the long haul Mm -hmm. unless I get sick of you again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like he was oversaturated for a point. Maybe that was just me. May wait till he starts dating Rita Ora. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. What do you, I mean, should we just make predictions? Do you guys have any? Oh man, that's above my. Is it too grade. early? Is it too early to tell? Should we just like <laughs> place bets? <laughs> hmm. I don't even know what would be predicting that, that he would be a, that how he's going to end up with like a hero or a, yeah, I think that. I mean, do you say first, do we think that so Richard E. Grant doesn't have a character name? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think he'll be old Loki or will he play something else? It just makes too much sense. He has to be old Loki. Old Loki right. sounds right. Do you think he's the one under the cloak? Or do you think that could be somebody else? I think too early oh, to yes. tell. What, yeah. if, what if he wins and he becomes the villain in the next <gasps> film? I would not be opposed. I would not. Oh, so it gets, he becomes the, yeah, the main cinematic Loki for a while. Yeah. I would like both of them to stick around, but yeah, Yeah. I think that, um, so there was a comic series that, and there, there's a lot, I don't, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, this is not adapting it at all. Like the setup is completely different. Um, but there was this one arc called uh, like o- Loki, Agent of Asgard. And the idea was that he, uh, there was a kid Loki and I think he grows up into this Loki. And there's also a lady Loki at one point and an old Loki and all this stuff. And, it, uh, and so this is kind of him unpacking these different phases of himself. And the premise of the comic is that he, Asgard, uh, his mother actually, who was not dead in the comics, um, sends him on these missions and he has to trust that she's leading him to do good, which is a big question mark, mm-hmm. uh, but sends him out on these missions. And if he completes them, she will, his part of the bargain is that she strikes stories about him from the history of Asgard. And so it's this, uh, the idea being that like, he's a villain because in all the mythology, that's what Loki has been set up as. Oh, okay. And so if he actually, if he can remove the weight of it, because it's, again, it's that, that weird thing of it's not even, it's, is it reality or is it the legends that we tell? Right. And so he's like, if I erase these chapters from my past that are weighing me down, can mm-hmm. I become, do I have to be that archetype? Do I have to be the villain? Right. Um. So that's what he's working toward. 
And so it's interesting because in all of the missions, it's he's finding ways like his natural power set as the god of mischief is lying and illusions. And he finds ways to use those powers, but in to do good. Or essentially he's not like he's not he's not the villain. He he's helping people by doing all the things he always did as a villain. Right. He just finds ways to lie and, and cast illusions and stuff like that to help people. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of like a, uh, an interesting journey. And you end up finding out that this old version of him, which is the much more classic uh, comic Loki, the, the true, the villain Loki, mm -hmm. um, is trying to keep him from making these changes, I think, mm -hmm. uh, to preserve, not that timeline, but to preserve that version. So he's literally going to war with himself. Oh, okay. For for the potential for like who he can be. Um, and so I you know I, we're not following that, but the idea of him going on these missions and fighting another version of himself. I'm wondering if if even if the plot doesn't follow it exactly, if some of the themes will. Mm -hmm. It. I mean that that seems to track with especially with what they set up in the beginning with uh, when this Loki sees the film strip and sees the, uh, like you pointed out, the, the potential that he has, even if he hasn't lived that life yet. Right. Um. But it's interesting because for that Loki in 2012, if he sees that as emotional as it might be, does that show him that there's no point in redemption mm -hmm. since he dies anyway? Mm -hmm. Or does it show him that he, there was that he didn't have to be the bad guy right to get anywhere because there's an interesting thing that uh owen wilson's character mobius tells him which is when when uh loki is um, announcing his goals and he's like i just want to rule and whether it's asgard or earth or space like i want i'm gonna you know i want the throne i want to rule mm -hmm. it is my destiny to rule over everybody and and mobius is just like no your destiny is to lose that is what you do over and over and over again and in fact by losing you inspire the heroes right you form the avengers they're literally avenging phil colson who you killed mm -hmm. like you cause the heroes to become better heroes you formed thor mm -hmm. you you know um and that's what a hero that's what a villain does it's you know, in these archetypes, the villain is going to lose because the hero will overcome them because they are the challenge that the hero rises to. Um, and I think seeing his life framed that way, like you will never become the ruler. You know, what does that do to a guy? Right. Does it make him more bitter or does it show him that he needs to change? Is Man. this way too much? Is this too much thought going into a freaking Marvel show? It's a comic book show, Joy. <laughs> but that's the stuff I'm interested in. And everyone's going on in all these Easter eggs. Is that Peggy Carter? Is that, you know, is Kang the Conqueror going to show up? Is <laughs> What about Mephisto? <laughs> Wait, is there actually Don't. a character named Mephisto? That was a WandaVision thing, remember? Yeah. Oh, remember oh. everyone thought the devil was going to show up? Oh, that's right, or, that's right. Or, well, but yeah, then, Mephisto. But then in, in then when reality, Owen like... Wilson... But they, they, they reference it, sort of. They nod to it, because when Owen Wilson goes to the church, and there was another killing, 
um, and he asks the girl, like, who did this? And mm -hmm. she points to the stained glass window and it's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally just like, it's obviously not going to be Mephisto, but it was that sort of like, oh, great. Everyone's going to think Mephisto is showing up again. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that like 1996 Bono shows up? No, not a joke. Anybody else gets don't know. I don't like you two. On oh. that note. Come on. I like, feel like we've reached our natural conclusion. Um, Pickle chips are great and you two isn't. Well, come on. Actually, his name was Mr. McFisto. So I guess. McFisto? Yeah, McFisto. Hmm. It, Bono and had this different sort of character in the 90s with the lemon tour, I think. No, or Zuropa tour. I don't remember. He he morphed into Mr. Mephisto. Oh. Dustin, we're not. Uh, are we're you not talking you two to me? The uh, the preeminent you two podcast. Um, maybe we should. Maybe we should be Dan. No, there's already a podcast for that. We're we're lemon. the only we're the only television podcast, as far as I'm aware of. So, uh, but uh, that's the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Mm, you know, talking other stuff. Oh, Rick and Morty will be back. So I guess we'll probably, we might mention that. I don't know. Every week we can say who did time travel better. <laughs> oh, Rick and Morty versus Loki. Yeah. Which one was more, made more sense? Yes. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I was right. Gugu Mathara was uh, Martha Jones' sister in oh, Doctor Who. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So rewatch that season. You know, She's on New Amsterdam, which had its season finale last week. So that they're no, Free Magman. Oh, God damn it! No, yeah. <laughs> Wait, she played Martha Jones. Yeah, Martha Jones, okay. not her mm -hmm. sister, not Google. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's what I was saying. I, yes, I was right. You were right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> All right. Right. Uh huh. Uh, you guys don't know Gugu Mbatha Raw from uh, her. Uh, her starring turn in, uh, what was that show? Undercovers. Undercovers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I remember that. Wasn't that David Kelly? It was a big showrunner, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember the showrunner, but it was a, um, it was a married couple that are CIA agents. Oh, yeah. Um. I don't remember was... anything else about it other than I can kind of see the poster in my head. Was it Abrams? Maybe it was Abrams? Yeah. It was Abrams, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she's in the morning show, so Dustin yes. should be a big fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she's, yeah, they did her dirty in the morning show, but yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. All right. <laughs> See you next week. Have a good night. Good night. And here's where we put the secret track. Uh, Sorry, JS. <laughs>